Welcome to the Shed Podcast. I'm your host, Tia Marie Arnold, and I have a co-host, Katrina Butler. I'm back, everyone. She's back. I think she's going to stay around for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. We have fun, don't we? We do. We do. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, I want to jump right into share. So, you know, I love to be transparent, tell you guys about what's going on in my life. My daughter, um, okay, so last week... I got a phone call from her principal. It was on Friday. Spirits were great. Everybody was happy. It was sunny outside. We were about to go to Chick-fil-A, which is like our Friday thing. And my the principal calls and I'm thinking, well, I know my daughter's, she's either not on the bus. Like I'm thinking it's something like she, she missed the bus. I need to come and get her or whatever. And she tells me that um, a little girl had bought a pocket knife to school mm. And she, and my daughter's in first grade, okay? And this little girl um, told Megan to take the pocket knife, to touch it, showed, her, showed Megan how to open it up and all that. And then she passed it around to other children. Um, and I'm like, I remember me and Megan were actually on a walk before spring break. And she did say like, mommy, somebody bought a knife to school. And I'm like, what? Like we literally stopped while we were walking. I'm like, who would do that? And, but she never mentioned that she had touched it, never heard anything about it. So when the principal told me, I was like, well, I knew that some little girl had bought a knife to school, but I thought it was handled because this was like, you know, two weeks ago. And um, she said, yeah, well, um, actually, I'm sorry. The principal did not know that Megan had touched it yet. She just said a little girl had bought it and they were passing it around. Megan knew about it, but she didn't tell the teacher. And so they had talked to Megan about it. And and I'm like, okay, I'll definitely talk to her about it because I didn't know she didn't tell. I'm like, she told me. She tells me everything. You know, Megan. She tells everything. She tells everything. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, thank you for calling me. I'll make sure I'll communicate that to her. So we hang up the phone. So I'm at the bus stop and I saw the principal called again. So I answered. She's like, I'm so sorry to tell you this. You're not going to like what I have to say. And I'm like, okay. She said, well, the officer continued to question Megan and Megan actually had the knife in her hand. She opened it up and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, what? And she was like, so unfortunately, we're going to have to suspend her for a day. And my heart dropped. I'm like, my daughter? Like, that's not... Wait, huh? Like I, I couldn't, you know, and I'm just sitting there and of course I'm respecting what the principal is saying, but in my mind, I'm like, how did this happen? How it, it just did not make any sense to me. And I'm like, and she, Megan didn't say anything to me about this. Um, so she continued to tell me what the procedure is and we had to set an appointment to go talk to the principal this, this coming Monday. I mean, last Monday. And, uh, so yeah. Megan gets in the car. Of course, I'm like drilling her. Like, what happened? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. Who's the friend? I'm, you know, being investigative mom here. Mm-hmm. And of course, she's crying because I had to tell her, Meg, you got suspended from school. Her eyes were like, what? What? She didn't even know what that meant, really. I had to explain to her what that meant. Um, and she was heartbroken. So that night, my husband and I were in the bed and I'm like, I'm crying. I'm bawling my eyes out because it just... It, it, it blindsided me. She's a first grader. She's like six. She's only six years yeah. old. And I didn't think, of course, immediately I'm like, as a mom, I wasn't prepared for this. Like, I didn't think I have to have a conversation like that with a six-year-old, you know? And then 
again, I'm going back to, but this doesn't make sense. This does not, how did this happen? Why was it my daughter's, out of all the kids at the school, it's my daughter's good friend, Mm -hmm. you know? And it just immediately hit me like, this was the strategy of the enemy trying to come for my children. I knew exactly what it was. And Josiah was having a rough week. I mean, they both were just having a completely rough week and that's not like my kids. And so I knew, I said to Jeff, I'm like, the devil's after my children. He's not happy about what we're doing and, you know, for the kingdom of God. And, and we immediately were like, listen, we're going to take charge of this. We're going to pray more. We're going to talk to our kids more. You know, my children listen to the Bible app before they go to bed. So I try to instill the word of God in them. And, um, so that next day we had to go lead worship at a church. So we have help out on the weekend sometimes. And I just felt very adamant. I need to have my kids in service. They need to, they have a children's church, but this particular day, I'm like, I want them to sit in the front row. I want them to see mommy and daddy lead worship. And that was really all that I thought was going to be just us impacting them with our worship and them just seeing, being inspired about doing something for the kingdom. That's, that's what I thought was Mm -hmm. happening that night, but God had another plan. So I looked down as I'm singing, my eight-year-old son is hands raised, eyes closed, worshiping, bless my whole life. Okay. And I'm like, I touched Jeff on the keys and I'm like, look at Josiah. And he's down there. And so um, the pastor had called people to come to the altar who need prayer for peace. And so, you know, he's like, if you don't need prayer for peace, you can go have a seat if you do come to the altar. Well, Josiah, he moved up closer into the altar. So the pastor's praying for people and he touches Josiah and he he just prays a, a prayer of anointing on him, has Jeff come down and was was um, transferring the anointing from his dad to the son. It was so powerful and it blessed me. So I'm thinking, oh, wow. I Okay. That, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, God gave me enough tonight. I am full. I can go home, you know? And then, so we go back up on the platform and the pastor's about to start into his message. And then he stops, he walks by my daughter, stops, looks at her and said, bring her here to me. He said, Tia, come on off the stage. And I'm like, I come off and he said, and then, so Jeff comes down too. So we're hope she's right in front of me and my hands are on her shoulder and she's facing the pastor. And he said, the devil has been after her this week. I broke down. I don't even remember all he said because I was done. I was completely done. I, <laughs> you, you were there, D. Mm-hmm. I fell apart. And, and I do remember him saying, as of tonight, the assignment is canceled. And I just knew like that was God letting us know no matter what the enemy tries to do. It reminds me of Job, you know, no matter what the enemy tries to do, he cannot have his way with her because she is anointed. Both of my children are anointed. But that assignment that he had to have on her, that he tried on her life. I mean, this little girl, ever since I can remember, if she saw somebody preaching on TV, she would stop as if it was a cartoon and just like watch it. And now she's inspired to sing. And and, I, and I've always prayed an anointing over my children and an assignment. But that blessed me. So I wanted to share that with you guys. 
What's the point of my share? The point of my share is pray for your children. Anoint your children. You have the power of God in you that you can touch your own children. But no matter what the assignment that the enemy tries to do to them, as long as they are covered by the blood of the lamb, as long as you are speaking life to them and you, it's not about being their friend. That's not what you are here for. You are here to guide them and direct them to the Lord because there is a great assignment on their life and they need you. That is your assignment. Don't let the devil try to take you out. Don't get discouraged. Cause listen, moms, I got so discouraged that night. I was just like, what did, what did I do wrong? How did I miss this? And I even told the principal, I'm like, I just, I, I got blindsided. I honestly did. I got blindsided. It felt like somebody just punched me in my face and my gut and stepped on my toes. That's how it felt. And it did not feel good at all. So anyway, that's my share. Yeah, it's a good share. Thank you. You got anything to share? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you too, were there. I was there. I mean, I think it was awesome, um, you know, being, you know, out with them. And I think, first of all, it was really exciting for Josiah watching him jump into worship because he turned around to me and he was like, T, come on. And he kept trying to get me to scoot up with him. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, like, mm-hmm. you know, why not? You know, right. but it was, it was awesome to see how inspired he was, you know, and that he wanted to get in. He just wanted to worship. That's all he was focused on. You yeah. know what I mean? And then with Megan, she was a little bit more reserved, I think, in that. But at the same time, I think there was such a greater purpose in her being in service. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was just incredible, incredible. And I mean, and even today, like to that comment about how she stopped when she would watch, you know, stuff on TV, she still does that. Mm-hmm. She'll come through and they'll be preaching on her. There'll be worship. And she just stops and she watches and she she's yep. soaking it all in. She's very <clears throat> observant. She's very observant. Way. And I mean, I think it's to be expected, you know, as as the ministry continues that the enemy is going to attack your family, Yeah. you know, and I think in this case you were blindsided, but I mean, when those attacks come, it's like, okay, I understand. Yeah. And I think it's being able to take that stance of, you know, it might, it might take the wind out of you in the moment, but it's making sure you get back up and you're like, you might have knocked me down, but I'm coming back. That's interesting you, you know? say that because that very morning, Saturday morning, I opened my eyes, I laid there for a minute and immediately I heard in my spirit, your worship is your weapon. And I didn't quite mm-hmm. understand what that meant. I just remember like hearing that deep in my soul. And so I remember after the service, a man came up to me. He was like, you were doing more than just singing up there. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was. But the atmosphere <laughs> was set. And think about that. Like for, before service even started, the atmosphere was set. Yeah. And the presence I got was so great in that place. When we walked in, oh, know, when yeah. the kids and I got there. Because Miss Tanya, she it, will listen, pray she, whatever spirit <laughs> that's in there, it is oh, running out. <laughs> but it does. Oh, my gosh. It is. And I think I think that's it. Like, you were doing more, and the Holy Spirit put that in you at the start of the day. Yeah. Not realizing that you were going to go in and battle. I mean, yes, when we go into worship, we're battling, but there was a greater purpose in your battle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So it was pretty awesome. All right, guys. Well, we are going to move on to hearts. And this week we have a special guest. I'm actually going to have her introduce herself. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell the listeners who you are and about you and what are you going to share with us today? Hi. um, Well, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited to be here with y'all. My name is Christy Kiesler. I am 38 years old, married. I've got two kids, Logan, who is now 11, and Charlie, who is my little fireball. Um, (laughs) She's three. I say she's our three-nager. Born and raised in Georgia. 
So I've lived here my whole life, and Nick and I have been married for about the past five years. That's awesome. And um, uh huh. So it's it's been good. Yeah. Um, I I actually so listeners, listen. I I know you're about to get blessed. You're about to get your whole life. Really. <laughs> I I was um, T and I actually went to a women's Bible study. Was it the second time we met, like as a group? Uh, no, it was the very last week. The last week, uh-huh. okay. The last week of the um, book, the book study. Yeah, and Miss Christie came up and she shared her testimony, and it. I mean, I I was just I can't even explain it. It was so anointed, and Thank it was you. very um, present to me that you are called to speak into women's lives. And you're yes. inspirational and God is doing something great. And I, I felt it that night. I'm supposed to like ask her to be a part of the podcast, but I was being all like, okay, let me just, let me pray. Let me make sure I'm not being all <laughs> emotional and let me, you know, and God kept pressing me. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. She doesn't know who I am, <laughs> but she said yes. So we are honored to have you. Yeah. Thank you. We I'm so honored. glad to be here. So Chrissy, go ahead and share, um, share your story with us. Okay, I I told you I never really know where to start. My story is um, like many. There's just a lot to me. Um, I grew up with a single mom, um, single mom, three kids, working two, three jobs to provide for us. Uh, We did not go to church. I did not grow up in church. Um, I didn't come to have a relationship with him until I was about 20 years old. Um, so there were definitely some highs and lows in my life. I really didn't have much to, I guess, look at as far as role models goes or mentors go. So I'm really big into mentor, mentorship and accountability because I never had that in my life. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I could have had that in my life, I probably could have saved myself so much heartache, so many mistakes. Thank thank God he uses them all. Um, But I think that's just why I have such a passion for young girls. Um, Anyway, I was working, and I'm just full disclosure here. I'm just going to be honest about my life, and then you can cut out whatever you don't want to use. No, but, no, <laughs> go for it. But um, I was in and out of bad relationships my whole life. Uh, I dropped out of high school because my priority at that time was uh, my relationship with my boyfriend was everything, and he was out of high school, so I had no need for high school in my life. Or so I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dropped out of high school and started working at Hooters, which is a popular chain restaurant famous for their I've white tank tops and orange shorts. Yep. Yep. Um, I worked there and it was there that I made some connections with the girls there in the restaurant. And I'd still lived at home with my mom at the time. Um, knee deep in sin. I mean, not even knee deep. Let's just all the way, yeah. just all the way. <laughs> um, headed towards just a path of more and more destruction. Of course, you don't look at it until hindsight. So I've in the restaurant business for many years, ended up moving out of the house that I grew up in with my mother and into an apartment by the Mall of Georgia with a girl that I'd met at the restaurant. And then this is where God just totally wrecked me in such the best way. There was this guy that would come in after work and he'd come in and he'd sit just off to a corner, eat a meal and leave. And up that one of his best friends was also one of the waitresses there. And he would come in and visit often after work and then just leave. 
And one day her section was full, so he sat in mine. And he, we were the same age, but he had such a passion and a fire about him. And he grew up in church and he was radically saved. He dealt drugs, had a very hard life, but God did an amazing thing in him. And mm-hmm. I had never met anybody. It's hard to believe when I look back, like, I, I didn't know any Christians growing up. Like, oh. nev- there's one girl I can remember on my bus that would listen to some DC talk. I think it was like some popular, <laughs> right? right? And But that's not, that's the only memory I have of like a Christian. So when he sat in my section and he was just like talking about Jesus and what he had done in his life, I was just so mesmerized. Um, Anyway, I just came to know him, became good friends with him. And he was like, you've got to come to church with me. And I was like, okay. And Louis Giglio, he used to do 722 every Tuesday nights geared towards college and singles up at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta. So uh, one Tuesday night rolled around and I met him there. And I remember walking in and just being amazed that they even call this church. Because yeah. the only church I had ever been to was your old school Baptist or Lutheran. Mm-hmm. But I walked into this atmosphere of people with their hands up and the music was amazing. And you know how it is. Like you just feel it in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there, just sitting back in my chair, taking it all in and but loving every minute of it. And every Tuesday night, I'd go back there with him. Um, anyway, so I eventually got saved. Um, didn't take long. Got saved. I was still working at the restaurant, uh, still living with a girl that I also worked with. And the guy that um, introduced me, I say, to church and to really show me who God was, we ended up in a relationship and I, here I am in a great relationship with a solid, amazing Christian guy. But at the same time, I'm also working at Hooters. Mm-hmm. You know, now my lifestyle and my friends don't match right. the new fire that I have burning in me. Yeah. Right. So how do you get out of that? And that was really hard because I didn't have anybody to go to. I didn't have, you know, somebody that I could get advice from. Yeah. And so I just remember feeling so my, my back is against the wall. Where do I go from here? Um. So uh, one day, and this is really where my life was completely turned around. Um, I also had a best friend that I had known all growing up. We lived in the same apartment complex, not the same building, but in the same complex. And we were out running errands and she dropped me off at my apartment and she's like, okay, well, you know, I'll see you later tonight. You go get ready. I'll go get ready. And then we're all going to meet back up with, you know, our boyfriends and we're going to have a date night. We're going to have a group night out. And I was so excited. And I went into the apartment and my roommate was gone. She was at work already and it was just me. So I closed my door and I went in, I took a shower and I came out And my phone rang. I answered the phone, and it was the maintenance guy, whom I know from being around and living in the community. And he was like, I have a ticket here that says that somebody had called in about a hot water problem. Do you mind? Are you going to be home? Do you mind if I come out and check it out? And I was like, no, not at all. I just got out of the shower, and the water was fine. But, you know, you're more than welcome to come. So a few minutes, I get dressed, and he comes, knocks on my door, and I let him in. And he comes and he checks the hot water heater and he comes back and he's like, you know, he's like, I didn't see anything either. And I was like, well, maybe it was, you know, my roommate that had called. And he's like, all right, well, if you need anything, let me know. And he walks out and I close the door behind him. 
Um, I did not lock the door. I closed the door and I went back to my bedroom and finished getting ready. And I had my mirror at the time was set up on the ground with my makeup laid out on the floor and I was just blow drying my hair. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up from behind me and kind of puts me in a chokehold. And my first gut reaction was, oh, I don't know if I should say his name, but my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, oh, it's him. He's surprising me. Must have got a fork early and came to my apartment. And, um, but when I finally saw the reflection in the mirror, I realized that I do not know this man that is staring back at me. Wow. Um, so it was almost like a sense of shock that comes over your body. Adrenaline really is what it was. And so for the next 30 minutes or so, I was brutally raped, and he cut me with a box cutter knife. Um, just to clarify the story, no, it was not the maintenance guy, right. but this was a male that lived in the same apartment building as me. He lived, be you know, our I guess our apartments backed up. He lived there with some family and his girlfriend. Um, but so for the next 30 minutes, I was raped and he cut me um, my neck and I'll show y'all, um, but mostly around like my sides and the back here. I'll show y'all just for the sake yeah. of the story. Wow. That's, oh, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Done. Wow. Um, so, and into that, I remember as I'm going through this, you know, I really couldn't feel the physical pain. I remember having that adrenaline running through me of just utter shock, like not believing that this is happening. Yeah. And people typically have that fight or flight mentality. Either they fight back or they want to or they run. Right. And I would like to, like, usually I would run like I'm, if I'm a, I'm not a fighter, I'm more of a flighter, mm -hmm. but I was just paralyzed in that instance um, and in that moment. And I remember so vividly laying there thinking, this is going to be the end of my life. This is how I die. Like, I just got saved months ago and this is happening to me. My prayer language wasn't built up. I didn't know much scriptures to speak over me. But I remember praying and I remember thinking about like what my funeral is going to look like and what is my mom going to do when she finds out that this has happened and that her daughter has died. Like I remember thinking all these wow. things and picturing it. And I, as clear as day, I heard God speak to me and the Holy Spirit said, if you play dead, he will leave you alone. Mm. So in that moment, and by all stretch of means I should have been, but laying in a puddle of blood in my floor, I pretended like I was dead. And I remember he left me and he went out into my kitchen and he was rummaging through my drawers. And I always wondered what he was looking for. Um, maybe he was looking for a bigger knife, but thank God we were poor and we didn't cook, so we didn't have any <laughs> utensils. Yeah. And he came back to me and he picked me up. He carried me into my bathtub and he threw me down in my bathtub, turned the shower on, closed the curtain, slammed the door behind him. Um, and I could hear him over the shower, you know, going through my apartment. And then I just waited there until it was silent. And the Holy Spirit just lifted me up out of that grave. Like the power just came over me. And I just, I sat up. I tried looking for a phone, but he had ripped everything out of my walls, so I couldn't use my phone, but my cell phone was plugged in, sitting on my window ledge, and the curtain was kind of hiding it. So I grabbed my phone, and I tried to call my boyfriend at the time. He was at work. He didn't answer. Called my best friend. 
who lived in the same apartments that we were supposed to meet up with. And she came over and I just grabbed my blanket and laid on the floor till she came. Wow. And uh, she came and, of course, was utterly in shock by what she saw and called 911 and some other people. It was about five or six o'clock. So, I mean, it was a heavy traffic time in the apartment. So people were coming home. So she was able to call out to the neighbors and some neighbors came to help assist until um, the ambulance got there. So then I spent about a week in the hospital, more than that, and six hours of surgery, countless staples and stitches to sew me back up together. But in the midst of what you would think would be like just the worst time of my life, and it was not easy. It definitely was the worst a bad time in my life, God showed up in such amazing ways. Yeah. Like I got to see the church body in a way that I've never seen a church before come to me and lay prayer blankets over me. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've got women gr- holding hands around my hospital bed, speaking life over me, praying over me, worshiping in the spirit. And even in that hospital bed, like, I, I mean, God's not exempt from anywhere, but mm-hmm. like even in the midst of all my pain, all my questions, his presence was so real. And there were the nurses there, were angels, um, the detectives, the Gwinnett County Hospital. Everybody was just phenomenal. And up until that point, it was one of the worst rape cases Gwinnett County had ever seen or had ever had. Um, So I went into a bit of a hiding period after I was released from the hospital um, just because they had not caught him at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was took back to my mom's house where I grew up. And um, about a couple weeks after that, they had found him. So we had to do a live live lineup, which hadn't been done in many years um, at the play center as well. And as soon as he walked in, I knew exactly who it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew who he was. He didn't wear a mask. I'd never seen him before. I didn't know him personally. but when he walked in, I knew exactly who he was. So I was able to physically say, oh, number one. Right. And um, thankfully, I didn't. I never had to go to trial. I was, I knew, I was prepared. Like if, if that is what it took in order to get the sentence that we were wanting, mm-hmm. then I was prepared. I knew that God was going to, he will see me through it. Right. Um, but I did not have to go. And he did get life in prison. So yeah. he is. Good time. Wow. Wow. Now, how did you get to a place in your life to be able to tell that story without just falling apart? I I guess I look at how my life was before then. Like, I had no future. I had no hope. Mm -hmm. I had, I was living just day to day. Didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. I, I, God only knows where I would have ended up and the guys I would have ended up with. But Mm -hmm. I just had no hope. Yeah. And then in walks the guy into my life and God used him and his family in such a powerful way. His mother to, to date is one of the most individual, um, inspiring person that I have ever met. And she was my mom. She was my mentor. She was my accountability partner, but she saw me through the whole entire thing. Um, she wasn't going to let me miss a step. She knew that I was going to have to forgive this guy and this is how we're going to do it. And she made sure that I was in counseling or, you know, that I, she was very proactive and my mother too. They just held me accountable. Like there's some things you're just going to have to, when you go through the fire, you're sometimes you're just gonna have to go through it and you can't go around it. But that God was going to be there in the midst and that he goes before me and he's going to make a way. 
And I guess he has, I just got to see him in such a real way that it, if he never did anything else for me, mm-hmm. that that was enough yeah. to sustain me for the rest of my life. And I don't know. I just really still to this day, I amaze myself sometimes. I'm like, wow, I am so thankful for the life that I have been able to live after this because I have, I'm very involved in sexual assault centers. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of work. I've been able to um, mentor a lot of young girls and they have gone through things similar to me and I've seen where they've ended up. And I am so thankful for um, God's grace upon my life. Yeah. But I guess the key for me is I, um, I don't hide anything. Um, whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm thinking, I bring it to him. Uh, I claim God's truth and his word is the final authority over my life. If I'm feeling problems, if I have anxiety, I'm going, I don't run away from any problems. Like I want to face it. I want to learn the lesson. I want to move past it. So I, I think I'm just able to share and not fall to pieces because I'm healed. Like I am Good. truly healed and set free from that. Yeah. It just does not have a negative impact on my life. That's so good. From you sharing that, I heard forgiveness. I'm mm-hmm. hearing transparency. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing trust. Like mm-hmm. these, I feel like these are all things that are so important when you go through anything mm-hmm. to have a heart of forgiveness, either for yourself or the person who's harmed you um, and being transparent about where you were. And mm-hmm. what God has done, what you went through, because it's mm-hmm. not for you, you know, and then trusting that God. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing I hear as you talk is there's a supernatural strength on you. Yeah. I mean, you can see it. You can hear mm-hmm. it. You can see it. It's like God is truly, he's your, he's your source of strength. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yep. And you're absolutely. blessed. You're yes. absolutely you. blessed to walk, to have walked through that mm-hmm. and to be healed and restored the way that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to go into encouragement and Christy, what, what is your message behind your story? Like, I believe, you know, we talked about you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And I also believe that when you share your testimony, there's an assignment attached to it. Right. What would that be for you? Um, I guess I would like to see women and young girls walk in the freedom that God has purpose for them. Um, I don't want, I geared my life upon what others around me were doing. So as whatever anybody else was doing around me, it was okay if they were doing it. Um, I just want them to know that there's a higher calling on their life and they don't have to, this culture. So, you know, Instagram and the post and the social media and the comparison is just Mm -hmm. a thief. Yes. And, um, so I just, I don't know. I just want to, I feel like there's so many women and young girls that are just in that bondage of comparison, or there's so many women that walk through life and kind of like that book that we did a book study on. It's not supposed to be this way. Mm-hmm. How many times have us as women or girls, you know, questioned God's goodness and faithfulness? Like if God really loved me and God was really real, then why would he allow this to happen to me? Yeah. And I think you people get stuck in that mindset that God is God. He could do anything. Then why did he allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, I don't know. I just have a passion for girls yeah. to just walk in the freedom and that God has graced upon our lives to walk in. Yeah. Well, those, I mean, you have a great point. There's a lot of people that blame God for when things mm-hmm. happen. How can you encourage them through that thought process? 
Say it again. How can you encourage people who think like, why would God mm-hmm. allow this to happen to me? How could you encourage them? What would be your message to that? Thinking? I guess similar to the same message that I kept telling myself is this is not heaven. Like we are living in a world of imperfect people bound in chains, dealing with spirits and sin that we may know nothing about. So because of the bad things that may have happened to me, that is not a reflection of God's goodness or faithfulness. That is a part of living in a fallen world beside people that are imperfect. And that is just, that's just earth, right? That this isn't heaven. Um, So I just constantly remind myself that we live in a fallen world, but also that God's goodness and faithfulness is better and bigger than any assignment that the enemy may have on our lives. And that if we really, truly just can lean into Him, if we can trust Him, I think a lot of people, a lot of women fail in um, not really giving all of themselves the good, bad, and the ugly um, to God. Mm -hmm. But if we really just lean into Him and trust in Him that He does make all things work together for good instead of hijacking that steering wheel away from Him and really doing what we think is right for our lives. Um, yeah, I know that's got me into a lot of trouble in my life, and I just constantly in every area just lean into Him. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to lean into Him, and He's going to see me through today like He did yesterday. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I, I think it's important— um, you you had mentioned women like we try to kind of don't give God all of us. And I know that sometimes we can allow pride to even, you know, hide ourselves completely from God. But this is God. He created us. OK, we are from him. And he wants it's just like with my children, like with what happened with Megan, even though it was something that she probably felt completely ashamed about. I right. want to hear the whole story. And mm-hmm. I'm still going to love you despite of the mistakes that you made Absolutely. because I am your mom. And so we serve a God who he even though he knows there's something about um, sharing your your frustrations with him, sharing your hurt, sharing your disappointments. Um, there, it brings healing to Absolutely. your soul, first mm-hmm. off. Yep. And then secondly, um, after you've shared those things and you start to see God, I believe in the Holy Spirit will start to open your eyes for you to see the blessings that God has still put on your life. Yeah. And as you continue to, and continue to see him be faithful in this and be faithful in that, you think back like, wow, Lord, like, even though I screwed up, even though I messed up so bad, even mm-hmm. though people have turned their backs on me, you're you still loving me. Yeah. You're still showing me your blessing. You're still wrapping your arms around me. And that, I believe, is how the how your intimacy with God grows. It, You know what I mean? It just, as in our, like, humans it's like oh you mess up some people you mess up once they done with you right that's not who that's not how god God. is you know and even though i sometimes think like in christianity like we yes we got to be strong in our faith but i just gotta be real i'm not always there you know and so sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. i do question i do doubt and i remember back in the day i used to think god you you're probably so disappointed in me because i'm doubting right now you're probably Mm -hmm. so disappointed that i'm questioning my faith but he's not that's a way of being you know, you know, for me, T, mm-hmm. like I've walked through so much disappointment in my life where I just was believing for God to come through. And I was disappointed. And I said, God, I'm disappointed. Right, I'm right. just I was disappointed with him. And I have right. told him, like, I'm disappointed in you. But 
as I got over that, I didn't get over it. His spirit comforted me to get over it. And then I started seeing him. Well, you might've been disappointed in that. That's because I had this for you. Cause that's what he does. He turns all things for our good. And mm-hmm. so what he has not allowed or what he has allowed is still for our good. And that's how you grow intimacy with him because he's forever faithful. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He is. And I think too, the other thing is like you were talking about, you know, when you make bad calls or bad decisions or you've made bad choices and you, you're hard on yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes too, it's when things can happen in your life that you didn't ask for, that you didn't have um, a part in making control, that decision, no control. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that like for me growing up in my childhood, there was a lot that happened that I didn't choose. And I do remember growing up with that mentality. Now I was raised in church, but I do remember having those thoughts of that you were talking about, Christy, where you're like, well, God, if you can do anything, then why did you allow this to happen? And I walked through that myself, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I walked through it that I was able to look back and see, okay, that's why Mm -hmm. those things happened. Mm -hmm. And it didn't feel good. And it was some, it was some tough stuff, but I think you're right in that. Um, The one thing that when you were talking, it's like, I heard hope because you said when I grew up, I didn't grow up. Um, in church. I didn't grow up around anybody or any Christians. Right. And you were in a place where um, you had given your heart to the Lord. And even in that moment, there was still a hope. There was a transformation that had happened in you. Absolutely. That you had an understanding right. that, you know, I may not understand why this happened and you had questions, but you you had a peace about it and you knew God was with you and you were not willing to turn back. Right. It was like the enemy tried to keep you in a place of hopelessness where you couldn't see right. the greater good that God had mm-hmm. for you because you had found him and he like, oh, she's new. She just mm-hmm. found him. So now I'm going to rock her world right. mm-hmm. and Which see he will try to do. if I can uh-huh. shake her. Mm-hmm. And when he knew he couldn't shake you, he saw it. I mean, I'm sure it's not that he doesn't stop fighting you, right. but he's like, I can't get her here. In this area. Right. right. So mm-hmm. now let me try over here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And But there was a hope in you That's right. that you had in something that was greater that wasn't in this life, but it's when we move on. Yeah. Right. That you were like, okay, there's something real about this, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna hang on to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty incredible that you know, even even when we do make bad choices, we all do. I've made lots in my mm-hmm. own life. Oh, I have to. I've had. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we've all been there. And I think in those moments when things happen that we didn't ask for or that just happened, that may we may see as unfair or God, why? Mm-hmm. You know, we still have an understanding in our relationship with Him. That it's for a greater good, yeah. and and I think that is how you move through it. Right, absolutely. is knowing that He's going to use it. Yeah, you know, and he is the great father. He can handle our disappointments. That's right. He can mm-hmm. handle our frustrations. He can handle our anger when we get mad at him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the beautiful part. You know, like you said, so many there are young Christians out there when you mess up and you fail, it's almost like, let me just throw in the towel. I can't live this life. I'm just, you know, yep. you're so right. hard on yourself. Yep. Um, but that's the beauty of God and that intimacy you're talking about is you just be so real, so transparent. He can handle it all. He, he can, can handle it. He created you. He That's knows right. you better than you know yourself. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. He's not surprised by the disappointments at all. Right. And I, another thing about your story that I found was so um, mindful of God is uh, he had placed people in your life, you yes. know, that were your oh. foundation and he knew that they would be there for you when your boat got shook. Yeah, you know what I mean? they like, were they were my rock. Yeah, they and he strategically rock. did that. The timing of that it was so mm-hmm. um, it was it was as if his arms were just around, and obviously his mm-hmm. arms were around the whole situation. But mm-hmm. he was so mindful in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think if that would have happened 
you know, before. Oh, I would have never, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's another thing about don't ever, um, downplay your friendship with another person because Mm. your impact may go so much further than your relationship ever will. Wow. That's good. Yeah. And in this case, that's happened to me. Like I'm no longer connected with that family anymore, but their impact on my life will, will see me to the end. And it went far past our relationship, but their impact continues to carry on with me and through me and in my story. That's so good. You know, listeners, if you are, if you're listening to this, um, and you have been through anything that has, you didn't cause and, but you have a lot of disappointment and you're carrying it, you know, I believe that Christy is sent here to encourage you and for her to be an example of God's grace and his strength. Um, No matter what you go through, he can handle it. And I know that where you are right now, it may feel like life is falling apart and you don't have Mm -hmm. the strength in you to do it, but you don't have to do it alone. It's so important to be transparent, find somebody, accountability. I talk about it all the Mm -hmm. time. It's so important to have accountability. And if you feel like you don't have it, like same as you, I didn't have a mentor growing up. I got saved in my twenties, very similar (laughs) bring up. Um, But I remember praying um, that I wanted God to send someone in my life that can mentor me, somebody in my life that um, can steer me in he brought me more than one person. You know, he bought me somebody that I can be more personable with. And then he brought me my spiritual mom who I can call her if I have to. And she just gives me wisdom that just like blows my mind, but he hears your, your prayer and there's nothing that's too small for him. You may feel like, well, you know, I don't, maybe I don't need it. Or how is that going to happen? And you may feel like you're on one side of the planet and nobody's there on that side of the planet with you, but God can meet you where you are. He can strategically put places put people in places that you never could imagine. And that's right. Yes. And you just have to believe that he cares about you that mm-hmm. much because he does. And I know that I know that things get difficult and I know life is hard. And I know there's some people that get disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And it just feels like you're getting worn completely out. But let me tell you about this man named Jesus mm-hmm. who can come into your life. He can shake all of that mess up, mm-hmm. clean it up in your life and, and restore you and give you a new life. You know, I truly believe that whatever the enemy has tried to steal out of your life, God can restore back into you. And you have to believe that. And it really, I know, I I feel like with Christy in her story, I wasn't there, but I I know the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I know that his presence is a strength when we are weak. You know, I know that his presence can carry us even when we don't feel like we're being carried. That's right. And he can, if he can do it for her, he can do it for you. That's right. You have to believe that. So Chrissy, can you tell the listeners how they can reach you if they, I mean, where do you, where do you go or how, how can they find you if they need some encouragement from you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Okay. Um, I'm not big on social media. I'm not on there much, <laughs> but uh, you can find me. It's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E underscore, underscore Kiesler, K-E-S-L-E-R. Um I'm going to piggyback on what you said, Uh, accountability, mentorship, don't give up, keep moving forward, Mm -hmm. reach, reach out and reach up. That's always what I tell myself, reach out and reach up. 
Yeah. I'm, I I would love to say that since then, God has done such a work in my life and His power in my life was so great. I've never messed up a day since, but I have <laughs> messed up so much. Even knowing how good He is, I have somehow, I'm sure, failed Him. Um, we all have. Yeah, exactly. But He has picked me up time and time again. Mm-hmm. And when there are times in my life where I felt like, okay, this was God's perfect will for my life, but I messed up. And so now I'm going to have to have to settle. And then I realized that sometimes plan B is better than plan A ever could have been. Mm. Like God's just that good. Yeah. Like you can't, you are not powerful enough to mess up God's plan for your life. I say that you all say the that time. All the time. All too. the time. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Oh, mm-hmm. I do too. And it just, it just takes a weight off I'm the to know that. testimony yeah. of that yes. statement as well. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's where freedom is, yep. you yeah. know, that you can truly just trust that God's got it. Mm-hmm. Even the things that are mistakes, that we've made or yep. even things that haven't fallen fallen into place like we want them to. Yeah. God's in control of it. Right. You got that right. And it's yeah. a it's a I I love that. I have to live by that yes, because if, if not the other part of Tia that likes to be in control <laughs> would have her mm-hmm. her full way. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need you to comment. Thank you very much. <laughs> you too, Miss Fix It. That's very true. <laughs> but we, I mean, we it's something that God is continuously teaching. I think yep. as women, that's just it's kind of yeah. what we do. That's true. You know, and I just have to continue to remind myself, you're not in control, girl. You are not in control. Well, and what you always tell me is you are not that powerful. Right. right. I mean, I there are days I like to think that I am, and you have to remind me that I'm not. Yes. But I mean, that's a blessing to have someone tell me that because there are times you think, I screwed this up completely. Mm-hmm. And then to have someone say, no, but you couldn't have yeah, because right. you don't have the power to that's do right. that. Right. So, that's right. That's right. That's pretty so cool. good. Okay. We're going to move into declarations. Do you have one for us, Chrissy? I do. Yes. I do. Okay. Yeah. So she's going to do like I normally do. She'll speak and have a little pause for you to declare this over your life and um, allow it to don't just say the words, but believe what she's saying. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Um, Your past does not and will not dictate your future. Uh, I declare that I'm not a victim, nor will I have a victim's mentality, but I am an overcomer. I declare God's truth over my life and that all things do work together for good. I declare that there is nothing missing, broken, or lacking in my life, and where I am today is exactly where I am meant to be. I declare that I am healthy, whole, free, and healed. Hey, man. Yes. So good. All right. Well, guys, thank you for coming again every week when you come and listen to the podcast. It blesses me. It encourages me to keep going because sometimes I do not feel like it. But <laughs> this is not about me. This is God's assignment. And so I really do thank you, um, and Christy. Thank you so oh, thank much. You. Thank I, you. I really enjoyed this with you, um, Katrina. As always. As always. See you again next week. Next week. Okay. I'm holding you to it. Okay. Okay. All right. right. Well, have a good week, guys. Bye-bye.